When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. I'm Scott Benjamin. And I'm Ben Bolin. And I, well, I guess we should tell them it's Car Stuff, right? Oh yes, this show is Car Stuff. They probably know that. They clicked on the link. Well, yeah, yeah. We got, we got smart listeners. Yeah. We have listeners in the know. I think so. Well, here's something related to cars we can talk about today. Keyless entry systems. Ah, yes. More and more. These are the norm for uh, a lot of car owners. Yeah. Well, I, I would say, uh, well, you would expect it now at this point. I mean, I don't think it's like an option anymore even. I think it's just a standard feature. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you have the option of having just a standard key like you can get cut at a, at a hardware store versus uh, having, you know, the, the key fob. And that's what we're talking about is just the keyless entry systems. Um, we're going to talk about some more fancy systems later on, you know, that will actually start the vehicle. Yeah. Um, well, with your you know, push of a button. But um, you get the point. We're going to go from uh, basic keys all the way through, I guess, the latest and greatest. And, of course, we'll take some special detours for the weird stuff. Yeah. Scott, let's cast our memory back to when these systems actually began. Yeah, you know, here's the thing. Like, you used to be able to go to the hardware store and have any key cut for any car, it seemed. They had them on the rack, you know, the key uh, turn-style thing the, uh, yeah. that you'd be able to just put it in the machine. I cut many keys when I worked at a hardware store uh, for cars. Mm-hmm. And I've got, you know, that old Chrysler project that I have. That has just a standard key. It doesn't have any kind of chip involved or anything. Right. It's not yeah. high-tech. But nowadays, you do have to go to a high-tech locksmith in order to get some of these made, if at all. You may have to go to the dealership. You may have to go directly back to the source. Yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. if it's one with a, a chip embedded in a physical key or if there are security issues. And as we'll talk about, security issues are one of the big concerns oh, here. Yeah, and there's laser-cut keys. and there's mm-hmm. I mean, it, your typical hardware store or locksmith is not going to have the tools or devices to create the key even. Um, and, and some of that is up to you or the dealer to reprogram the whole thing. So yeah. well, we'll get into that too. But um, basically, I mean, from the very, very beginning, if you think about this, and I, I'm trying to think of like something that kind of matches up with this, and I think mm-hmm. that garage door openers are probably the most similar to this in the early, early days. Spot on. Because, uh, as you said, off of off of the air, I'm going to steal your line for this just because right. it was so good. Uh, Scott, you basically broke down the evolution from garage door openers to keyless entry systems by saying somewhere in history there was a guy in his car opening his garage, and he said, 
why can't I just do this with my car doors? Yeah, exactly. Why can't I? Uh, why can't I lower my convertible top that way? Or why can't I? Why can't I do a lot of things with the push of a button? And that's how so many great inventions start. Is uh, they they begin when somebody finally asks a new question. Yeah, and here's here's the the other kind of a tangent to this is yeah. that um, the garage door openers began relatively simply also, and they've advanced. Mm-hmm. Kind of in the similar, in the same way, um, in that you know they were uh, originally they had kind of a universal signal, where right. you know you may be going down the street and honestly you could push a button and it may open up the neighbor's garage door. Depends on if you bought it at you mm-hmm. know the same place. If you bought it at Sears and you happen to have the same code installed, etc. And well, that later, wouldn't happen that often either because not that many people had them. Actually, you know what I, I misspoke. Not if you had the same code installed, but that was the frequency because yeah. they operated on a simple frequency early, early on. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to probably I'm, – I'm generalizing that, I know, but it it wasn't unheard of. It could happen. Right. Um, later, they kind of got a little bit smarter, and they decided to go to a dip switch system. And that's where, you know, you've probably seen this on older garage doors if you have ever opened one up, uh, maybe eight switches. And you can choose, like, an up-down position mm-hmm. for each one of those, and then you correspond that with your controller. And up-down, each each one has a number, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's your code, your, your own personal code. And you can make that different from your neighbor's code, and that way it won't, you know, interfere. And then later, um, and you know, now we have what are called rolling codes, and rolling codes are just different frequencies, or you know, there's an ex- there's an expected frequency, a pattern mm-hmm. in the uh, in the frequency, and it jumps a little bit every time. So the, it's it's kind of a um, it's about as close to random as you're going to get, I guess. Yeah, for this kind of technology, I mean, mm-hmm. just for uh, the sake of comparison, Scott, let's look at the difference between the dip switch system and the more modern rolling code, mm-hmm. a dip switch system would have about 256 possible combinations oh. for for your code. Not bad. Not bad at all. And you're probably not going to live near 256 uh, other garages with the identical switch, you know, or yeah. with one of those at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, over 18 billion, billion possible values in the modern rolling Wait, code system. 18 billion? Mm-hmm. 18 billion possible codes with a rolling code system. Yes. Wow. And that means... And that's is, oh, incredible. Go ahead. That means that with uh, with 100 code-cracking computers, logically, we would assume it would take several decades to find the right combination. Now, that's a lot of effort to get into someone's garage. But that, uh, that is a lot. And you know what? If that person is not even checking on their car for 20 years... <laughs> Honestly, I don't mean to sound like a jerk. Well, this is important because um, you know this kind of this is where we're going, or we have gone actually with yes. uh, with the modern key and the key fob and the transmitter and the receiver and mm-hmm. et cetera. We're gonna, we're going to get into all the hardware that goes along with this, but right. um, let's go back to keys then. Now, okay. so we started out with the original, just simple key. Right. Uh, then we had something. You know, someone said, "What a great idea! Let's do that." Yeah. And um, I'm going to gloss over this a bit, but um, basically the first ones were IR systems, which is infrared. Yes. And the problem with infrared systems, do you happen to know the problem with them? Lay it on me. Line of sight. You had to be mm-hmm. within line of sight of the vehicle, and it was a, you know, I don't know about range on these, because I never found a, a distinct range on an IR system, uh, a, a limit, but um, you did have to be right, I mean, you had to be pointing the key directly at the receiver, which was probably up on the dash somewhere, like an right. eye that was uh, maybe or behind the mirror or somewhere like that that was visible. Uh, but if you were not in direct line of sight of it, and you can remember the, like the old televisions that had IR systems. Mm-hmm. Now they typically don't. Um, some of them still do, I guess. 
but um, you have to point the remote at the TV in order to get a switch. And if you're pointing it the wrong direction, it just won't work. Right. If you're if you're uh, laying on the couch and the remote is behind a pillow or something, mm-hmm. it's not going to work. Yeah, that's right. You got to move the pizza box out of the way. It's a right. pain in the rear. So you got It's 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 difficult. So <laughs> I mean, you can see our our that's our troubled lives here. That's far yeah. too inconvenient. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It really is. So um, we advanced to uh, what they call an RF system. Yes, and radio R- frequency. Exactly, radio frequency. And RF systems are, I guess, much better because, you know, you can have this. You could have the key fob in your pocket and push the button and it would mm-hmm. still work. It doesn't have to be line of sight. You could be anywhere within a certain range and that system will work. It will it will receive the signal. It will send the signal. Um, doesn't have to be direct line of sight. You don't have to point it at the vehicle in mm-hmm. order for it to work. Although a lot of people still do. Yeah, but that's kind of the same way that when a lot of people are playing video games and they're trying their best to you know go for a hard right or a hard left, yeah. they feel like they have to move their hands. Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing because I know when I get out of my car, I I tend to if I'm going to lock the door, I tend to stick my hand out, you know, arm's length at the vehicle and push the button. The gesture sort of helps. You can usually see me resorting to these gestures if I've forgotten where I parked or what level I parked on, and I'm walking through uh, the parking deck, just tapping the button, because I know that when I get about 20 feet away from my car, I'm going (laughs) to hear a beep if it's mine. 20 feet away, you can't see your car? Well, look, man, I live a complicated life. You know what? That's uh, a. <laughs> I'm sorry. So okay, you know what? Let's just talk about ranges right now. Yeah, what we're yeah, talking about yeah. because this is. Kind of, I found this kind of interesting. You know, I I remember this from a long time ago. Hearing this uh, for some from some service guys, but um, automotive service guys. Okay, not military service guys, <laughs> but um, uh, you know the, the key fobs have different ranges, and and there's mm-hmm. not only a different range. I, I think maybe that has something to do with manufacturer, but there's also a. Uh, kind of a, a standard for the continent that we live on. Yes, the, I've the, read about this. The countries that we live in, and it, it's it's interesting. It's that you know the United States here um, in North America, we have a range of about what they call I think it's twenty meters, which is about sixty five feet, mm-hmm. and that seems about right. I oh, mean, I said yeah. I'm sorry, I meant meters earlier. Oh, that's all right. No problem. That, no wonder it sounded like yeah, I was a doofus. 20 feet. I mean, that's the length of the vehicle. You're <laughs> Mr. Almost, Magoo over you're here. You're almost in the car. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> so 20 meters, right? And, yeah. and that's about 65 feet, and that seems about right. I mean, yeah. when I think back to how far it works and doesn't mm-hmm. work when I'm in the parking structure or whatever, in Japan, they only have a range, or they're only allowed a range of about five meters. Now, that's interesting. Yeah. Now, I don't know what this... I don't. I really don't know why that is. I mean, maybe it's the frequencies that are available for them to use, but that's only about 16 feet, Ben. Hmm. So it's not used there. You know how we use it to find the vehicle in the parking right, lot, like right. you mentioned. You can't do that there, really, because you'll you'll be at the vehicle. So I mean, this is more, I guess, utilitarian in that you know you're able to just simply lock and unlock the car, and that's it. Mm-hmm. It's not, um, I don't know, something that you can use as a as a finder. Yeah. I do want to mention a trick here, and I'm going to just let this out right now. Yes. I was going to wait till the end for this one. Okay. But, um, it, I don't recommend this. Okay. okay? I, I want to get that out right up front here. But do you know there's a little trick for extending the range of your key fob? What is the, the trick for extending the range? It's, it's a little awkward. It's strange, but it really works. If you get, if you find, like, let's say that you're in a parking lot and you walk away and you, you go to push, you realize, like, oh, I forgot to lock my car. Sure. So you grab the keys out and you're still walking towards the uh, the building. Mm-hmm. But you're and, like 68 meters away. Yeah, you're 68 meters away. That's right. So you're a little too far. Uh, you push the button and it doesn't work. And you think, 68 feet. Sorry. 68 feet. Okay. Ah. That's right. 
man, you're going to catch us both up, both up. In this. I know. Sorry. So 68 feet away. Yeah. So you're, you're three feet out of range. You don't want to walk back that that cumbersome three feet to to uh, unlock, push the unlock button. So what you do is you turn around and you stand in place, and you put the key fob under your chin and touch it to your chin, and then push the button. And your head acts as an antenna that amplifies this. It's like an amplifier. What? It it amplifies the signal, and you are then able to lock or unlock your car. Actually, that, you would lock your car. From that is amazing and frightening, and I will do it all the time. It is. And you know what? T- test it sometime if you want. I wouldn't recommend doing this all the time because I don't know what it does to you. Tumors, man. Uh, you know, that's exactly <laughs> why I don't want to you know, tell anybody to do this. But right. Go to, like, just the edge of your car's range. Like, push the button and keep pushing it until, like, you just – it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And then go about three or four feet farther away. And then put it under your chin, push the button, and see if it works. And it will. Oh, man. We've just uh, – we, we've just I given would, everybody a pretty cool party trick. Yeah, we're, we're like a medical show now, too. We're a medical show now, too. Uh, so let's, real quick, if we can, talk about what's actually inside these mysterious little fobs, right? Yeah. Okay, so as we as we've said, your car fob is probably an RF system, which means it has a radio transmitter. That's the thing you're desperately pushing when you're wondering if you parked on level three or level two mm-hmm. of the parking deck. And then inside your car, there's a radio receiver. It's tuned to the frequency of your transmit transmitter, and so that's usually going to be around 300 to 400 megahertz uh, in a modern system. And then it's got the rolling code. It's a little secret language. But let's talk about what's actually inside your uh, controller there. The, the transmitter has a, um, has a controller chip, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, of course, it has a transmitter. I know this sounds kind of, I don't know, a little too nuts and bolts, maybe a little too basic. Uh, I don't think so. No. I've had to open mine up before to change a battery. Right, and that's that's exactly where I'm going here because they still have a battery, mm-hmm. and sometimes you might think that you're out of range or something's weird. You just need to change the battery, yeah, and you can do it yourself yeah. usually. That's not a difficult procedure. That's no, usually, not at all. I mean, they'll have even a battery access panel for you to pry open, and and now oftentimes even on the outside of the key fob itself, it'll tell you what type battery and, and how many it requires. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a simple, simple fix. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash Papertarian. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. 
Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Um, you know, I guess we talked about, you know, the rolling codes already, right? Have we mentioned, um, you know, the, the, this, this correlation between transmitter mm-hmm. receiver, that's where all of the, that, that's where all of this happens. I mean, the, anything that you can tran, you can transmit a signal to this receiver and then tell it to do anything you want. You can program that to do anything you want. There are a number of features that can be programmed with this. You can, you can mm-hmm. have, you know, Three pushes on the uh, unlock button means that you know all the driver's side windows roll down halfway. Uh, you could yeah. you could push the the um, I don't know the lock button twice, the unlock button once, and the uh, and the convertible top goes down in the sun or or the sunroof opens. Depends on which type of vehicle you have. Um, you can program. You, there's really honestly you could program just about anything that can automatically start up itself in the vehicle. I and mean, this is the, this is. For most people, this is a theoretical thing. Your manufacturer may not put these in yeah. already, but there there is an online community of people who program. Well, these. look at look at remote start systems. I mean, that's all this is. It's oh, the same. So cool. It's the same idea, but there have to be certain things. You know, you have to have it set up for that specifically. They have to. If you want to have your car cool on the, on a hot summer day. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to make sure that when you leave, you remember to turn the AC on full and then turn the car off, etc. There's a, there's a whole procedural mm-hmm. process to this thing. Um, but, but, I mean, it's really, it's kind of not limitless mm-hmm. because it, it does have its limits, but uh, there, there's a, a multitude of things you can do with a remote keyless entry system. Yeah, and let me add, while we're talking about these different functions, uh, there are probably a few people who are going, what, is this some sort of secret code like in a video game? Not not particularly because uh, it's it's not really a cheat code. What happens is that when you are transmitting this signal, uh, this hopping or this rolling code that provides security and lets your car's receiver know that the right fob is calling it, it also includes a um, a function code, and that function code tells the car's memory what you want it to do exactly so that's why instead of lock lock unlock you would get driver's windows down halfway yeah and and honestly that's not a, an unheard of example i mean there are things not at there, all. there are ways that you can lower windows you know fully or halfway or you open the convertible top you can do open sunroof whatever whatever it happens to be the manufacturer can program a lot of that in in fact there was a volkswagen commercial years and years ago that had that kind of trick like the guy calling his he was excitedly calling his wife out to the front yard, mm-hmm. uh, showing her what he could do with the key fob, <laughs> and you know it's just there's there's a ton of things you can do with this now. Um, oh, I've got a funny funny question for you. Uh, oh, sure. Yeah. Okay, so what do you do if you're the hypothetical keyless entry owner, right? Mm-hmm. And your fob is not working, and you've replaced the battery, hmm. and 
Your kid loves key fobs. Ah, okay. I knew you were going to get to this. This is a, <laughs> this is a funny see, thing. Okay, now with the rolling codes, remember we, we talked about how, you know, the code jumps around and there's an expected sequence, right? Right. And so, you know, instead of having a dip switch system where it's always the same code every time that's sent, with a rolling code system, that code is literally it's jumping around all over the place. There's an expected sequence of it, though, of this code, however, but... The, the transmitter transmits a code and the car accept, and the vehicle accepts it, but it may be shifted slight, actually it is shifted slightly from where it, where the last one would have been. There's no discernible pattern, mm-hmm. and that's for safety. Now, the problem comes in when, you know, and that's good for a certain number, it will still detect within a certain range, because you talked about, what, 18 billion possibilities? Right, and this also means that you're not going to accidentally, you're going to win the lottery twice before you accidentally unlock somebody else's yeah, car. Yeah, that's probably right, yeah. So, let's say, though, that you're walking through the parking lot like you are, and you're pushing the button, trying to figure out where you are, and you're just repeatedly, you know, push, push, mm-hmm. push, push, push. Mm-hmm. That's a bad idea. And I'll tell you why, because after about, uh, and I'm going to ballpark a number here there's an there's an exact number right there there is an exact number for each i don't know if it's every manufacturer if it's just um however many codes are possible but um i'm going to say it's around 200 it is it's around two 200 uh maybe 256 or if something. if you oh that's <laughs> if you push the let's say that okay so you're walking through the parking lot yeah. and you push the button 200 times on your 201st push and you're near your vehicle it's going to unlock and you'll be able to figure out where your car is if you push it 255 or 56 times on that 257th time, you could be standing right next to your car and it won't open. And the problem with this, and you may think that's excessive, right? That does right. sound like a lot because maybe walking through a parking lot, you might hit it 15 times right. if you really can't find your car, maybe 20. Mm-hmm. Kids love keys, and kids will do things in such a repetitive manner that it's not unheard of for a kid to push a button 257 times. Which will easily desynchronize your vehicle if the kid's out of range. Exactly. And that throws if you yeah, if you're not in range like it's the car's not in the garage, let's say it's uh, you know your your husband's or wife's car and the car is at you know at the office. Mm-hmm. And she or he is, you know, far far away and you're the, at home with the kid and you're pushing the button or the kid's pushing the button, you know, playing with the extra set of keys. Mm-hmm. That extra set of keys is not going to work when uh, mom or dad comes home. Mm-hmm. And and the reason is because it has desynchronized itself. It's 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 so far out of synchronization that it's just not going to operate. And and really, I, I know it sounds ab- absurd, but 257 times for a kid to push a button that that happens. <laughs> it would it would happen. I think. I mean, during over the course of a day, if a kid is playing with the sure. set of keys with the button, why not? Hey, I've had roommates that would do that. <laughs> I um, so. so I guess so. All is not lost. Yeah, it no. is possible. Oh yeah, you can reprogram these yeah. things. Now that's the tricky part because you've probably looked this up online before, right? Or have you? Uh, I've looked it up never for myself, okay. more, more for curiosity. I've never well, had to reprogram uh, a fob for a car well, I own. It, it can be exceedingly simple, uh-huh. or it could be one of the hardest things you ever do in your life because it, it's electronics, uh-huh. and there's always something that seems to be a little bit – like for me, that's that's kind of my Achilles heel. Like I, I have really a difficult time fixing or repairing electronics mm-hmm. or electrical things. Um, I now you do you have yeah. one of those uh do you have one of those cars that has a a somewhat complicated synchronization you know, I've never had process? to do it on my car okay. luckily but I have had to do it on my wife's uh jeep she okay. has had a jeep and I've had to do it there and I I know there are some other cars I've looked up the uh, procedures and I've I've done it for 
some service information that I wrote mm-hmm. a long time ago, um, and there were some exceedingly difficult ones. I, I remember how hard some of these were. And honestly, you know, some of them may have nine or ten steps, and it gets a little bit confusing in the times that you have to do things, like within three seconds, turn the mm-hmm. key back, don't start it, then hold down the the uh, the the, the, uh, mm-hmm. the down window button at the same time, cycling the ignition three times. And Sing then, Pink Floyd's "Wish You Were Here." Yeah, backwards. exactly. Wait ten seconds, <laughs> then turn everything off, then don't push the unlock button, but somehow get out of the car. Right, right. And do you know? It's like there's a there's a there's a a really difficult process for some of these things. And uh, if you don't follow it exactly, you can kind of screw things up. Now, the other thing is that when you do that, sometimes you got to be pay careful attention to this. When you start the programming procedure, sometimes you'll wipe out previous codes. Yes. So, you know, you're in a situation where you're trying to program a new key fob uh, to your vehicle. You know, let's say that you got a, a vehicle from a dealer that only had one and you want to buy an extra one and, and mm-hmm. add this thing. Or you have a new driver to your your, sure. your, your car. Um, a lot of times you'll have a certain limit of key fobs that are able to be programmed. So, so like three or four. It's usually three or four. Sometimes it goes up to seven. Like wow. let's say you've got a work truck or something. Oh, that, you okay, know, okay. You, um, A lot of, a lot of um, you know, work truck type vehicles sure. may, may allow a few more. Uh, but four is about right then. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you can't exceed that. And if you're trying to program a fifth one, if you have a, a large family that all shares a vehicle in some right. way, like maybe that um, – I don't know, a, a Jeep that has a lot of uh, storage space that you use on the weekend or whatever. Cool, yeah. Um, or camping or something. Um, you know, th- that fifth one will give you trouble. It won't It won't work, and you'll wonder, what What am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. But you got to look all this information up and find out, you know, from the manufacturer, that's probably the best place to go. And it really does change. It, it, it really varies does. widely between manufacturers. Yeah, it's not the same for all. So don't think that whatever works on your Honda is going to work on your, your Chevy. Mm-hmm. It just yeah. it just isn't going to work that way, um, and you know, man, there's so much that we want to talk about here. Now, there's there's new systems. I think we should just touch on here because yeah. we don't have a whole lot of inf- um, not information. We don't have a whole lot of experience with these. There's a lot of information out there, but you and I haven't. We don't have uh, the fancy cars that you can just walk up to and they unlock. We're not the swells. No, no. These are uh, the keyless go systems like Mercedes-Benz has, right? Which is just amazing. It's like, because, okay, I'm, I'm sorry, Scott. Partial rant here. I, I will keep it short. It is amazing to me that there are people out there who said, you know what's really inconvenient Uh Putting a key in my door lock. I get I get that, okay? I understand why that can <laughs> yeah. be inconvenient. Okay, it's raining sure. or whatever. I get it. And there are other people who said, uh, you know, and they're asking, wouldn't it be easier if I could push a button? I get that completely, dude. But who are the people who said, you know, I'm a go-getter. I don't have time to be pushing buttons while I'm walking. That is far too complicated. I need a car that is just open and turns on. I just want to walk into it. Mm-hmm. Push a button and go. And, you know, we I know that I sound like the crotchety old get-off-my-lawn man when I say stuff like this, but this ties back to our earlier soapbox about the inevitability of autonomous cars in some places. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, this is the kind of system, Ben, just for people that don't quite understand what we're talking about. There are some, there's some keys out there that aren't really keys, I guess. That, I mean, if you... Well, I don't know. That may I mean, not yeah, be the I way to say it. I skipped straight into the rant. I I'm guess sorry. that it's uh, – that's all right. It's just that, you know, they're more like credit cards. Yes. You put the card in your pocket, and they're shaped odd. They, they don't have, you know, the usual shape. They may look like a fob or something like mm-hmm. that, but they're relatively small. Yeah. And all you do is you keep this in your pocket. It's more of a proximity sensor in that, you know, there's a there's what they call a bubble around the car. 
Imagine like a dome around the vehicle. There's a certain range on either side. It's very small. It's not it's like very large. It's like the car's personal space bubble. It's really small. It's not. It's not. You know. 20 meters like we talked about right. before. This is really short, like, you know, you're standing next to the vehicle. But let's say you've got, um, you know, one of these new keys, These let's say Mercedes-Benz keyless go system. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of different names for these different systems and the different manufacturers that have them now, but um, it's kind of trickling down into some of the other vehicles, like, right. as usual. But um, you walk up to the car, and the car senses that you're, you know, within six feet of the door, and it unlocks. It's like, and what? Scott's here. Yeah, time the, to go. Yeah, the key is just now. Remember, the key's in your pocket the whole time. So you walk up to the door. The door unlocks. So you get in. You sit down in the driver's seat. There's no need to fish that uh, that, that fob or whatever out of the po- out of your pocket. You don't have to insert the fob into the dash or anything. You don't right. have to turn the key. You don't have to do anything. You just sit down, push the start button, and the car ta- the car's ready to go. Like and the Batmobile. Exactly. And you know that's that's again that's still a. A um, a transmitter and a receiver working, mm-hmm. but they're they're working in a slightly different range, I guess. You know, it's shorter on the outside when you're unlocking the door, a little bit longer on the inside when you're actually starting the car. Because, mm-hmm. you know, even though my car has a key fob and a key, it has that big. It's, I have a Honda, so it has a key fob that I push the button on to unlock the door and get in or lock it. When I get in, I do have to put a key in the ignition. Mm-hmm. When I put the key in the ignition, there's a there's a chip in the key still. It's up in that that black, I guess the head of the key. Uh-huh. Um, when I put the key in, there's a very short distance between the ignition, uh, the ignition column, I guess, and the and the key itself. And they're talking to each other right there at that point. It's verifying that I'm using the correct key to start the vehicle. And there's a little key icon in the in the dash that glows green or blink, blinks green. Mm-hmm. It says, yeah, that's the right key to run this car. Um, and that's part of the immobilizer system. And so there's still a chip that, that speaks to it. So you've got a fob that's, you know, the keyless entry. You've got the chip that's that's working with the ignition. Um, there's a lot going on. And, and that's just a that's a short, you know, like a, a longer distance for this these keyless go systems. Yes. And that, you know, it's still in your pocket. Or it, it may accommodate for someone who has it in like a purse or a bag mm-hmm. and puts it in the passenger seat. But that's about it. Now, it does have an immobilizer system kind of built in in that, let's say that you're out, and this is safety too. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say that you're you know filling the tank up with gas. So you're standing within the, the range of the vehicle to be unlocked. Someone decides, hey, I'm going to jump in and, and take off in that car. Yeah. Uh, so they get in, and, of course, the car will start because, you know, you, you've, you're you within the distance. So they can push the button, it'll start. But when the key and the vehicle get a certain distance away from each other, that's when the system decides something's not right and shuts down. It shuts down. That's right. The uh, mm-hmm. the fuel pump shuts off. Whatever the ha- the system happens to be, if it's electronic, you know, it'll 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 just shut down the the fuel pump, and the 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 thief will only be able to get a certain distance from the key mm-hmm. before the vehicle shuts off. So it's kind of uh, I don't know. It seems like it's a good system. It is. It is a good system, it, and it I, does have its flaws. It does have its flaws. Before we get into those, I have to point out that this is astonishing technology, and far be it for me to call anyone lazy for liking convenience, because God knows I don't own an infrared remote control on my television. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm that guy who doesn't want to move the pizza box. So I, I see the advantages of this technology. However, as we've said, there are some clear disadvantages. Uh, one of those obviously being that someone who loses their keyless go entry and has someone else take it, you know, whoever, Johnny Anonymous takes it, 
and all of a sudden Johnny Anonymous owns your car. Yeah, that's true. Um, the other thing is, let's say you're filling up uh, the tank with gas, and you've got your purse in the passenger seat, and someone does the uh, the exact same trick. Yeah. Um, the key and the vehicle stay together. The key and the the vehicle is going to continue to run. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that doesn't that doesn't exempt you from that. Now that would, I guess that would be akin to somebody leaving the key in the ignition or throwing the keys on the passenger seat. Also, sure. so if you're somebody who's cautious about this, it's not really going to affect you. Yeah, um, I always keep my keys in my pocket. Um, I know. I mean, I guess it's it's different for ladies. They have a purse to carry around with them, there, or you know, typically they do. Mm-hmm. Um, or some people just get kind of lazy about it. You know, they've uh, they've decided that you know I'm going to throw the keys up on the dash when I fill up the uh, fill up the tank. And if you've always done that. There's a good chance that's where you're going to keep your uh, your keyless go system, I, I suppose. Right. You know, I mean, let's say you've got a hundred thousand dollar Mercedes. I, I don't know if you're going to be as uh, as uh, free spirited with your keys. Yeah, you're cavalier. Gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's the word I was looking for. But so um, yeah, this this makes sense. I think what we're what we're both trying to get across here is that regardless of the specific system that you're using, it really does come down to personal responsibility. I have a common sense. Common sense. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. To quote Thomas Paine here, mm-hmm. and I have a uh, little. I have a little bit of a hacker story. Oh, please do. Do you want to hear? Is yeah, yeah. I think I do because I've got a few little odds and ends here that I'd like to clean up about uh, about keys. There's some interesting little things about yeah. these that okay. we need to talk about. So one of the uh, one of the most prominent names in this kind of technology is uh, a cipher called Keylock, and that's K E E L O Q. Oh, okay. Huh? A little mm-hmm. different. Not a little bad. different. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian, someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Um, 
And this is used in multiple models of vehicles. GM has it, Honda, Chrysler, Volkswagen, all the hits, mm-hmm. uh, even Daewoo. And even Daewoo? <laughs> and so each of these devices is where I'm getting that number of 18 billion billion values. Okay. So uh, this system is widely believed to be secure. It would literally take you with 100 computers, several decades. Ben, are you saying 18 billion billion? Yeah. You're saying 18 billion billion? Yes. Okay, I thought you misspoke earlier on. I've been saying 18 billion, but holy cow, that's... For Keylock specifically. A tremendous amount of codes. I know, it's like a billion billion. <laughs> it's like 18 billion. It's billion. like 18 billion okay, billion. Okay. Uh, okay, so now we're a math show in addition to a, a medical advice sure. show. Yeah. Um, so three uh, research groups got together. Then um, these guys are from uh, spanning countries, two from Israel, one from Belgium. And they found a way to hack this system in less than a day. So to take the work of several decades and reduce it to less than 24 hours, this requires access to the remote control, you know, but not necessarily access to it in terms of physically opening it up Mm -hmm. and tinkering with it. So they could be nearby. They could be just in the same coffee shop. So maybe on a flight with somebody. Perhaps on a flight. That's an excellent, that's an excellent point. And so then once they've nailed that key, once they've found that specific code, they're able to deactivate the alarm and deactivate uh, fail safes like that and drive Mm -hmm. away with the vehicle. Okay. One quick thing here before you get it. I don't know if a flight would be a good example of this. Maybe let's say somebody's in uh, having lunch somewhere. Having lunch is but, a much but better example. But you know what? If they uh, and they throw the keys in up on the on the tabletop as they're you know, and somebody sits next to you and, and mm. decides I'm going to steal that coat. Well, a day, but a, a full day is what it takes to crack this code. Well, the the fully here's here's the thing. To get the data they need, it takes um, I think it takes about sixty five minutes according to their app. Wow. Okay. But. Here's where it gets tricky. To uh, make the correct calculations, they need 64 CPU cores and almost eight days of time. <laughs> okay. So this is, you know. So that's a, you see how that averages? I understand. Yeah. So so for the, uh, you know, the people that say that these systems aren't really safe, I mean, look what it takes to crack it. It really does take an awful lot of, of computer power and time and, mm-hmm. and a this tremendous point. amount of effort. It's not it's not as simple as somebody you know running a card reader past the thing and, and it working. Like you know some right. of, some of the, uh, the the thieves are able to do now. I mean even through your wallet or whatever. Right, like duping mag stripes. Exactly. And yeah. And stuff, yeah. Not not even close to as simple as that. This is a this is a uh, much more complex system. For now, these systems are very secure. Um, in the future. Will they remain so? I don't know, but it is safe to say that as uh, technology mm-hmm. evolves to exploit these systems, the protective technology will evolve as well. I was just thinking. What were you thinking? What if you ran a valet service and oh, you had yes. access to several you know, high-end vehicles mm-hmm. for, oh, let's say about an hour and a half each, You know, yeah. while somebody's having dinner, two hours maybe sure. at the most. Nice you know, restaurant. Nice restaurant, two and a half maybe hours, so whatever. Um, but you spot the vehicle that you want and you mm-hmm. had all of this computing power i mean this is like a like this could be almost like a gone in 60 seconds move the but, perfect crime yeah something like that but okay. i mean that's kind of that that would be kind of the kind of access that you would almost need right i mean be able to set the key in a cradle and then just mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. I, I don't know try to, to 
punish it with these these uh, RF signals until finally it reads, right? <laughs> right? I mean, that's about the only way. So, you know, mentioning valets, though, the, you know, the, the one thing about valet keys is, is another thing we need to talk about. Um, oftentimes, you'll get a, a valet key with your set of keys from the dealer or from, you know, the previous owner. Yes. And what, what the heck is a valet key? Uh, valet keys are they don't operate the trunk area, you know, the storage area, mm-hmm. and they don't operate the glove box typically. Uh, in some rare cases, um, supercars, a lot of supercars, they'll have a reduced power key so that the valet doesn't have access to the 1,000 horsepower that your car has. <laughs> they only have access to, you know, the 250 horsepower that, that they it need. takes to get it to well, the let's say the spot. Let's say the 600 horsepower that you need to park the thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. Wow. So, <laughs> so something like that. But the valet keys, sometimes, now I hadn't heard about this. Now, the valet keys, you know, they, they're exclusive in that they only operate the driver's door and the ignition. Right. Well, I just read about this. I, I had no idea, but some valet keys actually um, inhibit the use of the electric fuel pump, and that means that when the valet gets in with the key, huh. turns the key on, the fuel pump doesn't operate, and the only way that that vehicle is running is on the fuel that's stored in the fuel lines. So I wonder how far, what do you think, a block, I, I don't know. blocks? Maybe a block or two, maybe at the most, I would think. But I, wow! But uh, it's a, it's a great safety feature. I think that's fantastic. I mean, now yeah. I, it's nerve wracking for the valet. <laughs> well, they don't know. They have no idea. But yeah. you know, that's the thing. Like you know, you don't know how limited the range of this thing is. That means that you know they'd only be able to get a block or two away at the most, mm-hmm. and then suddenly the car becomes you know an anchor, and that's and, it. And I think that reduced power is also a very good security measure for valets. I think so. Although I know I'm sure there are scores of disappointed valets. Yeah, yeah. I've I've had you know I've seen many very disciplined valets driving some very high end cars mm-hmm. and and they do an excellent job. Mm-hmm. I also Ben have seen cars turn sideways in parking lots. Um, you know, at, at this uh, one specific example. Yeah. At a mall during Christmas time, so oh. the valets park at the back of the lot, right? Yeah. The person is in the mall within ten seconds. You know, they park mm-hmm. it. They, they come up the front. They go inside. They're done. The very back end of the mall, like the, this is like two minutes after the person's inside. Yeah, there was some uh, shenanigans going on. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, I know. But it happens. And, you know, maybe there's a little slick out. Who knows? I mean, you know, how do you uh, how do you determine that's, what's going on there? You know what? That's very fair of you. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But, so what, uh, what, what's tire, next? Tire smoking, sideways driving valets. <laughs> what's kind of like to be that? <laughs> He's drifting in the okay, parking lot. So, okay. <laughs> Let's wrap this thing up. Let's I've wrap got a, it up. I got a couple more things I want right. to mention here, and let's just try to go through them kind of rapid fire. But I think that these are worth mentioning. Okay. Um, okay. We talked about key fob ranges and the trick, right? Yes, and valet yep. keys. Okay, that's yep. good. We're getting through a lot of these. Um, every different manufacturer has different names for these systems. Mm-hmm. So you know, whatever your system is called, like on Mercedes Benz, we've mentioned this a few times, but they may have smart keys or keyless go systems. On a Ford, it's called Intelligent Access with push button start. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's BMW, which has comfort access. See, that sounds um, way better. You know, I went to uh, Jaguar's site, mm-hmm. and Jaguar has what they call the smart key system. And a lot of these are similar, but, you know, they're, yeah. a lot of them are the same systems. Um, I went to Jaguar's site, and I, don't, I was just looking at the keys. They must have been 35 or 40 different types of keys you can buy for a Jaguar. So you've got to really know what you're looking for when you buy a key, when you go mm-hmm. to buy a new key. And having them programmed and et cetera, you know, they may say that it's a dealer-only thing. If it is, you can ask them if there's a procedure to do it that you can do. Or you can take it in, you can suck it up and take it in and have it done. But it may take a certain amount of time, and it may cost you quite a bit of money to get it done. Now, the keys are expensive. 
Um, you know, we've we've talked about how you could get one cut at the the hardware store. Not anymore. Really, that was like, I mean, a, a dollar fifty, mm-hmm. you know, or less, um, or maybe a dollar for a key. Now it's like in the, it can get into the hundreds of dollars if you have if certain conditions are met. Let's say you've lost all of the keys to the system. That's a big deal. If you have one key remaining. That's less of a deal, a big deal than it is if you have lost all the keys to the system, because yeah. then you're you're looking at a possible toe into the dealership to have it reprogrammed, where you have the ignition and the key reprogrammed together, wild. and so they have wild. to they have to match them up because there's no way to prove which key or no way to set one without the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a factory preset. So, um, and you can buy tools to reset keys. You can reset chips and things like that. But if you wanted to, but you're talking about like maybe a 200 or two more than that. Uh, $200 tool mm-hmm. to do something like this. Um, we're not talking about the key fob programming. We're talking about key chip programming. Yes. And and linking that with the ignition. Now, one thing that I need to mention here is that this is a good tip. This was somewhere out there online I found, but I, I hadn't even thought about this. But this is a great way to save money because, you know, some of these can get super expensive, hundreds and hundreds of dollars. If you've lost all the keys and, you, you know, you think all is lost and, you know, I'm going to spend $1,000 to get this thing reprogrammed. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Timmy. We'll send you to college next year. Take a look online and see if there's an option to buy a, a an ignition cylinder and a key set that are programmed to match. Ah. And if you can buy that combination of hardware and then install that in your vehicle, uh, oftentimes that's far cheaper than it is to buy if you've lost all your keys. Now, this mm-hmm. is kind of an extreme example, mm-hmm. but... But you may end up having it. It may be much cheaper to buy an ignition and key that are keyed together, in order for you to, uh, you know, to, to cut some costs on that. Not bad. Man. Yeah, I thought that was a good tip. So, yeah. um, I probably got more. But let's. We should probably wrap it up. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, because we had guys. We had some other really cool stuff to talk about, but we didn't want to. We didn't want to go too far past our time limit. Oh, I think it's too late for that. Well, how about by way of compromise, we go out real quick with some listener mail. Yeah, why not? Okay, so Scott, this is actually a bit of a Facebook fan mail uh, from oh, great. A, our good friend and listener, David. Uh, David says, hi, Scott and Ben. I recently listened to your Curiosity Rover episode. Hi, David. When talking about your tires, uh, the tires, you specifically mentioned the initials JPL, uh, the company that made the tires. And David says, JPL stands for Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Uh, since they've uh, since they built Curiosity and controlling it from Pasadena, uh, he he thought they were worth mentioning specifically. And David, we agree. So shout out to you, Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Wouldn't that be cool to work at a place called Jet Propulsion Laboratory? That would be so awesome. Oh, maybe we could. I could call my garage the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. You could. You. Um, it would have no backing, no founding for that. But I mean, why <laughs> I was. Not? I was thinking. I was like, what kind of engine work would we need to do to your project? Nah, car? You, don't, you don't need to even talk about that. We just just call it that. Yeah. Maybe even get some <laughs> get some shirts like we work there. We should call your cubicle that. That's, going, that's um, a good idea. David, you're hired. Welcome to our welcome to our new Jet Propulsion Lab right. Laboratory. Well, thanks, David. That's that's yeah. cool because I, I think they do deserve some credit because that's uh, that's quite a system if you remember. Yeah. Uh, I've been kind of reading about that stuff because more and more is coming out about that, and we're seeing better and better images, mm-hmm. and they're starting to drive that thing now. It just started just the other day, so um, I think this is uh, this is really something we need to. Yeah, it's one of the most amazing road trips in history. Yeah, we need to keep this on the top of our minds for the, the 
next at least few months. Now, Scott and I are going to go ahead and get out of here. We hope you have enjoyed listening to the system. We hope you remember some of the tricks we gave you. Startle and amaze your friends by using your head as a transmitter. As an amplifier. I uh, Again. Startle and irritate your friends Use by this. desynchronizing their remote entry. Use this trick sparingly. Yes. I, I, I urge you. Use this trick sparingly, please. But do not use fan mail sparingly. Feel free to inundate us on Twitter. We're also on Facebook. We'd love to hear uh, from you directly if you want to send us an email at carstuff at discovery.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.